0: We've often said that missions isn't about building hospitals and wells, but sometimes it is. In Numbers, we learn about over 8,000 men
1: who were caretakers of the Tent of Meeting. Maintenance people show up in the scriptures. David's plan for the temple in First Chronicles. In Amos, we see the, the use and the descriptor of a plumb line. And you can fast forward all the way to Revelation, and, and John describes what the new heaven and new earth will look like. So design is a huge part of the scriptures that sometimes we overlook and forget about.
0: Tim Hunsaker explains why brick and mortar matter on today's show. But first, if you're a regular listener to this show, we wanted to say thank you. Without the Lord's help and without you, we wouldn't still be doing this. But we also want you to know that this show wouldn't exist if it weren't for ABWE International and ABWE missionaries like Justin. He was a missionary in a Muslim country in Asia. So let me tell you about him. One day, he was wandering a crowded street doing street evangelism. He'd been doing it every morning for nine months with no results. He was discouraged. He sat down at an outdoor coffee shop. Local men crowded the table fraternizing before the start of the work day. Justin tried to start a spiritual conversation with a Muslim man seated next to him, and the man disinterested walked off. But before Justin could even process the rejection, he heard a voice speaking to him in broken English. The voice said, You said sin's forgiven. How? There was another Muslim man who had been sitting next to him who was listening silently the whole time. Justin, knowing the dangers of doing evangelism openly in this country, started to whisper to him about Jesus. They crept closer and closer until they were inches apart. They were looking around for danger the whole time. Justin whispered the gospel into this man's ear, and the man grabbed him by the shoulders, pushed him back, and said, many of us want to know this message, but we're not allowed to ask. That's what life is like in a country where evangelism is illegal. And more than 130 ABWE workers like Justin are serving in places like this. Every gift to ABWE's Global Gospel Fund goes to critical staffing, support, training, and services to advance the gospels of the lost and unreached through faithful workers like Justin. So learn more and become a partner with ABWE at abwe.org partner. That's abwe.org partner. Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think. And Thinkers Go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Advancement and Communications with ABWE International. Joined as always by my partner in crime, the Scott W. Dunford, on the West Coast as Advancement Coordinator with ABWE. And in his very limited free time, also pastoring a growing church, Redeemer Church in Fremont, California, uh, fresh off of vacation. So, you know. Didn't know where his mic was. Didn't, you know, living out of a suitcase. I'm uh, not sure what that's all about, but we made it, Scott. We're here. We're on the air.
2: Um, yes. And it's an exciting thing. It's been too long, has where, it? Where was your vacay? Uh, we went to Wisconsin, and well, actually, Wisconsin wasn't vacation. That was for ABWE. I was working at LifeFest, and that was a good time. Uh, and some, some interesting stories from that, for sure. But uh, And then we went to Michigan and just hung out with friends, <laughs> so we had a good time. And I'm also recovering, as you know, uh, Alex, I'm a, a hardcore Milwaukee Bucks fan, and so... I'm uh, I'm still basking in the the glory of that championship. Yes. It's it's awesome. <laughs> but not as good not as important yeah. as Missions and this is obviously uh something I'm excited to talk about today. It's good to get back in the saddle and get back yeah. to what we love to do. Yeah, here's the other thing. We had planned on doing something big and
0: pulling out all the stops for like our 200th episode and then you know what we did? We went off to Minneapolis and recorded like 15 episodes in a row and came back and just sailed right past that 200 episode marker. <laughs> so I think we're on episode 206 right now. So anyway, that's kind of cool. You know, wow. we've been doing this a while. Well, here for number 206 is someone that we're excited to introduce to you, a mutual friend. Um, there's a lot of ABWE missionaries and staff that listen to this show. And of course, people outside of our particular mission organization. But Tim Hunsicker, who we're going to talk to today, is a member of that ABWE family, overseeing one of the more unique ministry emphases of the organization. So Uh, Tim, I'll let you introduce yourself for a second. Just tell us who you are and what you're doing with ABWE.
1: Sure. Yeah. I'm Tim Hunsicker. I'm an architect by training and was called into ministry. I wasn't sure as an architect how I could ever be used in missions or ministry because I didn't have a Bible degree or any training like that. And through a friend of our family, we discovered ABWE and this little group inside of it called the Project Office and uh, just a group where they utilize architects, engineers, and constructors to carry out the gospel. And it was just an amazing opportunity that we saw in front of us.
0: So here's the funny thing, and, and this is how I kind of want to set you up, Tim. So I'm, I'm going to set, set it and you spike it, deal? Um, we talk often about missiology on the show from the context of, well, missions is always gospel proclamation. It's always church planting. It's always wanting to strengthen churches and national leaders, right? We talk about that central missionary task a lot. Uh, I think we've probably said a dozen times uh, or more in in those 206 episodes that missions is not just going somewhere and building, you know, a well, a school, those those types of things. It's easy to work with kind of caricatures there uh, in in what some other nonprofits and humanitarian organizations do. And then lo and behold, here's ABWE. And what are we doing? We've got a project office. We're building hospitals. We're doing all the sorts of stuff. So why does that matter for missions? Are we just talking out of both sides of our mouth or is there more to it than that, Tim?
1: No, that, that is a great question. As we were joining ABWE, I want to do some research about well, what's the the biblical basis for even being uh, an artist or in the arts or design or construction. And, you know, the scriptures are absolutely filled with reasons and examples of where this takes place. And we see it initially in Genesis 1, God created, you know, so we see very quickly we're created and uh, his image were creative beings. So being a, being creative is very natural uh, with being a believer. And we see more examples beyond that. That's the one that always strikes me. But in Genesis six, Noah is instructed on how to build an ark, something that no one has ever seen before and had no clue what it was about. And yet he received very specific design instructions from God. Uh, in Exodus, we see instructions on how the Ark of the Covenant was built, very explicit and in, in detailed instructions on it and the materials that were going to be used. In Numbers, we learn about uh, different groups of men, over 8,000 men who were caretakers of the Tent of Meeting. So maintenance people show up in the scriptures. Um, David's plan for the temple in First Chronicles um, And just how that's laid out. Some of the design methods as well um, are recorded in 1 Kings and and 2 Chronicles. Um, In Amos, we see the the use and the descriptor of a plumb line. You know, we use a plumb line to keep things straight and true when we're building it. In the book of Amos, out of all places, you see that in there. And you can fast forward all the way to Revelation and, and John describes what the new heaven and new earth will look like. So design is a huge part of the scriptures that sometimes we overlook and forget about. And certainly construction backs that up as well. And, you know, one of the great construction examples is Nehemiah rebuilding the wall and the call to go rebuild the wall. So there's, it is all over the place. So, you know, theologically it certainly has a place um, in, in missions and and our team, we look to fulfill that, to be a part of the gospel movement.
0: Now, let me just drill a little deeper on that. Those are great examples that you cited. You know, I, I love the fact that Bezalel is the first person in the order of Revelation mentioned as having been filled with the Holy Spirit. And what was his job? He was one of the craftsmen in the book of Exodus working on the tabernacle. So there's some neat stuff there. We're also in the new covenant, and we have a, a spiritual covenant, not a physical covenant with a land, right? And so, it, you know, are, are we. Are we forcing those connections, Tim, or how do you view this as a, as advancing the gospel, which is a, a message that's written and, and proclaimed audibly? Right, we don't have a temple to build, so how do you wrestle with that?
1: Yeah, that that is that's a difficult thing to that many people do wrestle with because you have to be careful that you're not building something for the sake of it and becoming an idol. You know, that's that's a danger with anything that was built, and we see that throughout Scripture. And our team, we're, we think about, our why are we doing this? Why does the project office exist? And we want to design and build with purpose. So then we ask ourselves, well, what is this purpose? And it, it is to carry out the great commission to take the gospel forward. We just have a different set of tools. We use planning, design, construction to help ministry facilities around the world get built. So if you're a a, uh, a Bible teacher... Your tool is all of the, the writings and the, the books that people have written through the years to take the gospel message forward. Our team, we utilize hammers and nails and drawings and uh, computer aided drawing and stuff like that to build relationships with people who need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. So it's, it, we, have a diff- we just have a different set of tools in our hand.
2: I would just like to say too, I mean, it's clear in the new Testament that, that the gospel happens in real places. You know, it isn't, we, we tend to think that just, you know, there's a spiritual realm, but, but God uses means just like he used the means of the ark to save Noah and his family. He also uses, uses means and tools and we're peoples of place. I mean, there's a reason why people flock to temples or why they want to build monuments. Um, we are people that, that even from the very beginning uh, are drawn to places. I mean, God put Adam and Eve in a specific place with specific boundaries. So I think it's, it, well, well, I think even in house church situations, um, sometimes those are just very necessary. There is also, uh, I think, a, a, a desire of us and, a, and a, sometimes an effective way of doing ministry where, where we have a place to gather and to let ministry come out of and, and to be able to be, uh, for, serve as a form of identity for us, which can be, I think, a very healthy and I think is even a biblical pattern there. So we understand the need for place, right? We understand uh, the biblical mandate to, to create and how we show God's creativity and our, even our, even the imaging of God's uh, God in, in our creating, uh, sub creating, but but why? Why should a mission agency put resources into something like construction? I mean, I could see, I can hear people even questioning that, like, "Hey, there's, you know, wouldn't that money be better served taking the gospel to an unreached people group?" So here's the question: Why do mission agencies have construction project teams, and how do construction projects serve the goals of ABWE or even any mission? That that is a great question that a lot of people struggle with, um, and you're just trying to
1: think through, yeah, you know, why pour the resources. Into uh, teammates like like our project office has, and the best example I can give you of my understanding of this is is inside the ABWE context is that back in 1993, some of the leaders of ABWE did a global tour of all the different fields that were that were happening, and one of the things they started to see as a common thread were were field teams missionaries trying to build facilities, whether it was a simple one-room church or a multi-room clinic or a school. And they noticed that that missionaries who were, were skilled and trained in t- teaching the scripture and, and training and discipling people were derailing their time to work on bricks and mortar. And that is probably the biggest placeholder for why a team like ours is uh, important and and helping that because now a missionary can continue doing the work that, that they're skilled in and they're called to and allow someone else who has a talent given by God and a call to come alongside them and help them. And it actually, if you think about it, it it multiplies the impact that's going on because not you're not taking someone off of off of their responsibility of their field, but you're actually adding more people into the mix um, so that allows the the focus to to continue for the the field team or the missionary it's building.
0: It's a, it's almost a diaconal ministry, right? Uh, not diagonal, diaconal <laughs> mm-hmm. um in the book of Acts, right? The apostles are saying we shouldn't give up the ministry of the word and prayer in order to wait on tables. And this is sort of saying, hey, missionaries shouldn't have to give up on evangelism, discipleship, church planting to erect these structures, to do the the things that you have to do. And so that's a vital ministry that comes in there, a ministry of service. So tell us about some of the projects you've finished, how they're serving the kingdom, how they're advancing the mission, um, what kind of lasting impact you're seeing from those, Tim.
1: Yeah, there there are hundreds of projects within the ABWE world. Um, just I, I have a, a, a there's a few that come to mind. Um, one that is has a particular fondness in my heart is a, a school in the Balkans. And I'm not going to mention their name and everything just because of security purposes, but it's a place I've been to 16 times uh, being with ABWE for nine years. So I've spent some time going there and getting to know people, but it's a, it's a K through 12 school and it was birthed out of uh, a missionary's idea of how can I reach the community that I'm called to and seeing that education was a big part of it. So uh, a small after school program was initially started just to test the waters and begin building some relationships and see if this is a way to go once those were tested then the idea was okay we could do a, a K through 12 school that would serve well and become a platform for springboarding from so uh, right now the the school is in its final phases of, of construction it's it's um, doing the the sports fields and stuff like that but sitting on this piece of property um, is a school that has 27 classrooms, uh, has a full music, arts, science. It's got everything that a child could ever want for education. Um, it's an English speaking school. So kids are being trained in English. So they test better for university training. But one of the things that is near and dear to my heart on this is that they're training the students to be leaders in their country. And, the leadership training comes from biblical principles. Now, while they're in a predominantly Muslim area, they're not necessarily overtly sharing the gospel through the scriptures, but they're they're using the the biblical principles to create the conversations to be able to to have those those further biblical uh, connections. and And they've had um, twenty six graduates already since twenty fifteen. They've had they have one hundred ninety three students right now, with more students. Uh, to come, so this facility is going to allow um, this field team to really have a huge impact on not just a city, but an entire country. Eventually, so that that's that's just a it's a neat thing. The comments that come out of that from parents are things like the school the school's changed our entire family. So it's it's really amazing.
0: Now, here's another potential, I don't want to say criticism, but, but I, I think there's important questions that Tim's asking, or excuse me, that, that Scott's asking and thinking through. And we want to think through why this is strategic. So again, I'm, I'm kind of setting you up, but um, what about the roles of, of nationals? I think that would be another um, concern that would come in. And so it, does it make sense for Westerners to be the ones coming in, doing these projects Shouldn't these be ministries that are self-funded, uh, constructed that way? So how, how do you guys involve nationals that way and not build a sense of dependency?
1: Right. Well, on the the school that uh, I was talking about, we worked with national architects and engineers from the very beginning because the the country is in a developed uh, part of the world. So there were licensing and permitting and there were things that, that were required of the, the country, of the local municipality. So, we couldn't go in and just take over. So we had to work with uh, the nationals and it was a huge learning curve uh, because we don't want to go in and impose our North American standards into whether it's this location or a third world or a developing country because there are things that you need to do and learn from them sustainability wise and build relationships as well. And it offered us um, our team, uh, a door to professionals in that country that the field team there didn't have access to to ha- actually begin to have those redemptive conversations with. So again, we're using our tools in a different way to gain the audience of, of uh, those that need to hear the gospel.
0: So what are some challenges, though, that you've had along the way? I can't imagine that it's all success stories. There's a lot of cool things to share about God's faithfulness, but where have you run in the roadblocks? I mean, have, have you had places say, no, you can't build that here and you've had to regroup and reconsider from there or maybe a project that never got fully funded and it's just kind of sitting there, you know, half empty. i And I'm just thinking like, what are the risks involved in what you're doing too?
1: Yeah, the the risks, you're always looking at risks of, of obviously financial. Um, can you raise the money? Can that be brought in for it? Um, there's there are political concerns from time to time there are certain areas that you might not be able to build in because the the risk of from a political perspective is is too high or if you invest all this money in a vol- very volatile location um, that's questionable you know you begin to question yourself on stewardship with that um, and sometimes a risk is manpower um, will the workers? complete the jobs. Sure. And so there are some risks there, yeah. obviously.
0: And, and so how have you addressed those things? How have you, uh, how, how have you seen God show his faithfulness? I mean, all, all types of missionary projects, ministry projects have those risks, right? But, uh, Absolutely. but you're going strong, you're, you're moving forward.
1: Yeah. And mitigating those risks is a big part of what our project office team does. It's kind of like an iceberg. The risk that most people see is just the, the, top of the iceberg but the project office and whether it's us or a similar team in another group we see everything that's hiding underneath the waters and you know sometimes it's it's just um, taking care of the the legal side of things making sure that there are contracts in place because people will will abide by those um it's putting project managers into Every project, so they're monitoring it. It's working through things, not just ignoring things. So it's there are there are ways that we do um, we do work through that. Uh, yeah. Even job site safety is something that yeah. it, it, we in the United States, North American context, you know, <laughs> that's huge. You go just about anywhere else, job site safety really isn't even looked at. So we try to educate and train right. as we go for the betterment of right.
0: the people. So, Tim, this set of questions here was sent to us by a listener. This this whole conversation was prompted because uh, Kate Bailey, a listener of ours, um, at Ohio State. So, shout oh, out H. to I, I. Well, I would. Yeah, I wasn't going to go that far, Tim. I will. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, we have many people on the show uh, who are Michigan fans who would differ with you on that. I know. I'm um, sorry. I, I'll I'll remain neutral. I'll be Switzerland on this one. But putting all of that aside. Um, Kate is asking these questions, I would assume, uh, uh, that because she's in one of these d- degree programs. She's thinking through, how do I use these gifts for the Lord? So Tim, how would you counsel somebody in that position thinking, uh, okay, I'm, I'm not a theologian, right? I'm not a pastor, but uh, I, I do want to use these skills. And I, I see places maybe in the developing world or elsewhere where I can put them to use. So how would you guide that person?
1: Yeah, my, my first um, recommendation I always give to somebody is, have you, have you gone on a short term trip? Have you, have you done anything like that to expose yourself to missions and not even necessarily construction, you know, just exposing yourself to that, that whole different life, especially if you've been uh, in North America growing up, um, that's, that's huge. So um, I always encourage people to do that. I, I encourage them after they do something like that to volunteer, whether it's with, ABWE's project office or a a different, uh, mission organizations, construction team volunteering kind of gets your, your toe into the water to see, you know, where God's leading you. Um, and within our team, we utilize short term volunteers that go project by project. We have some people that will go, um, for six months to a location to serve and then some will go, uh, for career like myself, so there are a lot of different ways you can do that, um, and it's great. I love working with people that are exploring um, what God's calling them into, especially uh, when you're the non-traditional like us. When you're you're the, the the professional architect or engineer, and you don't have that that Bible degree, it's it's fun to walk with people through
2: that and and prepare for it as you were talking, it made me think of, we have a guy here in our church, um, just, uh, you know, not a deacon, not a teacher, uh, working in maintenance around the building when he has some free time. And the other day we had a a HVAC guy out working on our system and, and overhearing him sharing the gospel with this guy. And it just warmed my heart, but it also made me think of so many of the stories I've heard, uh, being around ABWE for a long time of, of missionaries in those construction roles in those, uh, facilities roles. And, and how, you know, working on these projects shoulder to shoulder with nationals, many of whom are in unreached countries, unreached people groups, um, and the, the hours they spend working on something together and the opportunities that come out of that and being able to hear of some of these people that are not theologically trained as far as going to seminary in a formal way. And yet have had an incredible ministry, not just in the swinging of a hammer or the turning of a screw, but in gospel proclamation using something that God has given them in their tool set. And so I'm thankful for, for men and women like you, Tim, that have used their, their giftings and their unique, uh, skills and their callings to, to spread the gospel, whether that's building a building or, or sharing the gospel with someone while you're building a building. Uh, it's, it's very exciting to me. So thank you for that ministry. And I I hope others will hear about this and go, Hey, this, I never thought I could be in missions. And this is a way that I can use my gifts and talents to spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. Tim, how can people find out more and get involved? Well, they can go to ABW's website, to abw.org, and
1: look for opportunities. And there are filters there where you can click on construction, and that brings up uh, a list of some active projects we have, but also uh, provides some uh, generic options. If you're just an architect or an engineer or a carpenter or a plumber, you can click on on those opportunities and get in contact with us through that mm-hmm. and I love having personal conversations with each person that that checks us out that way it's 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 a real blessing to hear how yeah. God's works in people's hearts that way
0: yeah hey there's no such thing as just a carpenter our lord was a carpenter right and so we'll <laughs> include a link to that in the show notes and if you want to reach out to Tim you can get to Tim through me you can email Alex missionspodcast.com with any questions comments suggestions for a future episode but before you go if this show has been a blessing to you at all remember to share it rate it and subscribe to it and leave it a positive review and five-star rating in your podcast platform of choice that helps the benevolent big tech forces at play get this content in front of others and get more at missionspodcast.com. until next time thanks for listening